who's guiding you? Whose voice are you hearing? You know, are we just doing things out of habit? Or are we going in a direction that is actually based on what God is speaking to us and telling us to do? What would you do if you felt called to merge your very successful business with your faith? Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Risker's podcast. Today, we're going to learn and really explore a story with Barbara Canero, who is the founder of Word Revolution, and she has clients such as Chick-fil-A, Never Thirst, along with yours truly, Sermon to Book and Speak It to Book. So the big question is this, how do Jesus-loving entrepreneurs, pastors, and driven men and women of faith like us, who are taking risks to pursue their kingdom calling, How do we get our mission, the problem we're working to solve, the pain we're striving to heal, how do we fully realize it here on earth? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Caleb Brakey, and welcome to the Riskers Podcast. Welcome, Barbara, to the Riskers Podcast. I've been looking forward to this because our story goes back Ways we met, I believe, in 2013 uh, via an email. You had read one of my books. You emailed me <laughs> and just servant-heartedly said, "Caleb, I, I want to help you." And and our friendship has blossomed over that. Now it's been almost seven years. That's right. I'm so excited to to hear about your your story today, Barbara. And uh, for our listeners today, Barbara is the founder of Word Revolution. Her company has built uh, brands, websites. I, I mean you help communicate messages. I think that's that's the core of, of what you do. You've helped us at Sermon to Book, at Speak It to Book. You've worked with companies like Chick-fil-A, Never Thirst, Hungry for Life, The Foundry. You've done some amazing work within uh, the body and also at the a lot of the corporate level. Barbara, mm-hmm. I know we're going to get into a little bit of word revolution, but I want to start with risk. When you think of risk, when you think of that fork in the road, when you think of God, (laughs) I feel like I am stepping off of a ledge here. And why in the world do I feel like you're pushing me to it? But I am so scared. What should I do? What moments in your life come to mind? Uh, I would have to say one email that I sent out in 2013 uh, I basically grabbed my whole list of clients at that point, maybe 300, 400 people. And, um, I used to run an agency just like I run today, but I had eventually come to faith. And so now I had this new reality about my life that was very different than my previous life, if you were to follow that way. <laughs> and so now my life looks different. I have different desires. I'm getting to know this Christian community. So I didn't really, you know, have a reference of growing up in the church, but something had changed so radically in my life that I felt like, okay, hold on a second. I, I, I need to do something about my business. It feels like it's, it needs to be a part of this too. So I felt like they, they had to collide somehow, but I didn't know how. So my first reaction was, okay, maybe I should just sell everything and move to Africa. Somebody's got to feed those kids, you know, like, (laughs) and, uh, and I remember clearly one day in my kitchen and I remember like this, this strong impression in my heart, the Lord said, I never told you to go anywhere. I've (laughs) given you the talent. I've given you the clients. I've given you your expertise. I just want you to use it for me. And I was like, oh, I never thought about that. You know, my business can actually be an expression of my faith. 
And um, so I thought, okay, we're going to rebrand. We changed the name. We told, and, and so here comes the time of telling my clients why we're changing the name. And, um, you know, in other occasions, I would just say, hey, we're rebranding, new logo, new name, see you later. And God was like, you need to tell them about me. You need to say why. You need to tell them why. And I was like, oh, you want me to kill the business after all? Because <laughs> if I tell all these clients <laughs> that I'm doing this because now I'm a Christian and I believe in Jesus, I'm sure many of them will just fire us on the spot. And um, I was very fearful. Uh, I didn't understand it, but it was just a strong impression that I just had to say why. I had to explain why I was doing this. And so here I am staring at my computer. I wrote down this, not so long, but not so short either. It wasn't just a couple of sentences. It was like, there was some, you know, heart in it. And I was telling my clients why I was doing this. And Oh my goodness, Caleb, I press send and I close the computer and I left. <laughs> I said, I do not want to see this disaster. And um, well, soon enough, I came back and I start reading those messages and I was so surprised. So the first thing that happened, nobody fired us. The second thing that happened was now my clients were saying, wow, Barbara, I'm just so proud of you. It takes a lot of courage to do what you just did. And some of them said, oh, you're a Christian. That's phenomenal. I'm so glad that you're now a part of the kingdom. Here's my pastor's number. Here's my ministry that I, and suddenly overnight, not even kidding, overnight, I had a bunch of new clients within, you know, Christian organizations and ministries and, and churches. And I was like, I can't believe this. It was unbelievable. As the Bible says, beyond what I could even ask or imagine. So. Barbara, that that's, <laughs> that's incredible. I, when you're at the computer, I, I love the fact that I ask you for a story and you say, it's this one email. <laughs> How about the the five days, the 10 days leading up to that? Did you seek advice about this? Did you pray? What was going on inside you kind of leading up to the email? Uh, I don't think I have, I don't think I asked for advice about it, honestly. I think it was such a strong pull from my heart to, to do it. Uh, I did definitely, I I, I know I had, I, Ugh, it was a wrestle for a solid week, if I can recall correctly. Uh, and so mostly it was conversations with me and my husband, who's also an entrepreneur. So it was definitely one of those like, oh my goodness, do I do it? Do I don't do it? Do I do it today? Do I do it tomorrow? <laughs> and um, the, the wrestling, I think there's even some um, learning in that wrestling because the voice of God became clearer. It wasn't like louder in the sense of just do it, you know? It was clear in the sense of like, you can do this. Now that you've made this switch, you, your working life, your faith, they've, they've merged. There's, there's no separation there. I like to ask people, how is God using you to solve a problem or heal a pain in this world? I'm a catalyst for change. That's how I see it. I want to help the church be open and embrace change. Uh, and here's why. No matter how you look at it, um, people will change, society will change, everything around us will change. And so our message remains absolutely the same. Uh, but there's so much that we need to embrace as far as being open to something different and something new. Uh, and also, I'm, exp I'm hoping that the churches and the ministries that we serve grow. And so as you grow, the nature of how you operate and who you reach and how you reach people 
should change as well. And so what we do, and, and this is kind of sad, but most of the time people come to us when they either hit a plateau or some kind of change happens so drastically that they don't know what to do. You know, a pastor dies or they grew really fast or they actually decline really fast or I don't know, something major happened. They lost their building. There's, there's a shift that causes them to be like, oh, hold on a second. Everything we've been doing so far doesn't work anymore. And so we're normally that company that will come in in those moments and um, help them create a strategy that will go beyond the current scenario. Uh, because I'm hoping that your scenario will not remain the same. I'm hoping that, you know, sometimes I look at churches and people would say, oh, this church reduced in size. Well, maybe they didn't. This church is actually sending a lot of people out. So it looks like they're de declining in numbers, but they're actually growing, right? And the opposite is also true. Sometimes you have a lot of churches that just seek to have, uh, you know, more seats, you know, more, more people in seats, but they're not necessarily growing. They're just serving a specific program to more people, right? And so our role is normally one of saying, let's create a strategy that works for you if you are at 100 or 10,000. So that means that I help you create your own strategy. So you're not stuck with one way of doing things. And we can learn from other churches. I love to look at what others are doing, but nothing replaces your own identity, who you are in that city. You've been called there for a reason. Your pastor has a certain personality. Even the demographics around you act in a certain way that is different than, you know, the state next door. So we help them say, okay, who are we? Who's around us? How do we talk to them? I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. And we work with this very similarly with authors. Hey, who's your yeah. book for? Who's who's your church for? And they say, everybody. <laughs> and, and, and your heart goes, well, yeah, of course it's for everybody. However, <laughs> you have a Spanish-speaking pastor. <laughs> No, don't. <laughs> well, okay. So it's probably not for Spanish speaking people yet, you know? Right, and right. I love that story, Barbara. You mentioned these words, change and growth. Mm -hmm. People tend to come to you when change has been forced upon them. That's right. <laughs> is that just how life is? Or do we have a choice? Like, is that where risk comes into play? I'm not sure. I would love to hear your thoughts. Well, risking is taking steps where you can't see the whole picture. But we were never told in scripture that we're always going to see everything clearly before we take those steps. So a lamp into our feet is still the reality for most of us. Now, we need to understand a few things that I think are important is like, who's guiding you? Whose voice are you hearing? You know, are we just doing things out of habit? Or are we going in a direction that is actually based on what God is talking, you know, speaking to us and telling us to do? And I feel like most of the time we look to find, okay, what's the pattern? What's the rhythm? Is there a template that we can't all use? And those are good things. They help us tremendously. But at the end of the day, I want to be in a place where a church can be like, okay, we're sensing that we need to take this one step here. And we go boldly in that direction. Let me give you one example right now that is very... Um, in line with COVID, um, most of the nonprofit ministries out there re rely on banquets for fundraising. You can't put people in banquets now. And so they call us like, how do we fundraise this year? But, but you see, Caleb, I can't just 
talk to all of them and say, hey, just do it virtually, put it online, get people to watch it, because that may not work for all of them. So it's not just about, hey, this tactic didn't work, let's move to the next tactic. It's more about understanding, okay, who are our people? Where are they? What do we do? Is there something that would work for them? Are we so focused on repeating what the other guy is doing and not looking at our own people before we make these decisions? And so taking risks means every other person is doing it this way. But I really sense that the Lord is saying, like, our people will not really sit at a computer for an hour and a half to hear a presentation on know, South Sudan, right? So how can we speak to them? Is there a way for us to engage? So some of the ideas that we have been playing around with some of these uh, nonprofits is saying, okay, previous years, you may have been able to have 150 people in a banquet sitting in a room and there's this all this fancy food and there's a presentation, and there's a slideshow and there's a speaker. What if this year we just simply address the people that have donated in the past and send them a box. One of the examples we worked with was, you know, South Sudan in a box. So can we bring something that talks about, uh, I don't know, the fabrics that they use in South Sudan or something about the food that they eat? You put this box together. It's a personal box for this one individual. You make 20 of them and you send them out, right? So you spend less money than the banquet, but now there's a personal touch. Like everybody now is craving personal something. Another one is an organization in Canada. Um, I love them. They do um, uh, youth programs with uh, musical theater for kids, uh, but they, they incorporate everything with Bible study. So they basically do, the kids will come to practice and rehearse for a play, but they have small group, which is pretty fascinating to me. So uh, same thing. They, they actually have one of the kids and one of the people from the program knock on the door of the donors and sing a song. And so it's kind of like you take it to a different level of personalization, right? So we need to create something that fits you, not just repeat a technique that someone else is that doing. Is so cool, Barbara. You know? Before we go further, I want to take a quick break and tell you about the publishing expertise offered by Speak It to Book and Sermon to Book, where we help men and women of faith become powerfully positioned to impact lives by collaboratively writing their book and building their ministry platform. If you've longed to write your book and impact a broader audience, our team is here to help, even if you don't have the time or energy to write. We've helped riskers like you secure traditional book deals, hit numerous bestseller lists, keynote to 100,000 people in two years, and get featured on Entrepreneur on Fire, Forbes, and Inc. Schedule a free strategy call at www.calebrakey.com. I remember a story of someone saying, you could go to Texas, to the East Coast, to Florida, up to the Pacific Northwest, and it's going to be as if you're almost in a different country. The way people (laughs) talk, their different mannerisms, just it changes, right? How do your clients respond when you bring this up? So most of the time, the ideas actually come from them. And that's the good thing. It's like, we just want to help them understand the environment, understand their people. And so they will probably be the first ones to say, oh, you know, it seems like we have to move online, but I can't imagine people sitting for an hour and a half. And I simply say, we don't have to. So 
what can we do? What, what do they respond well to? What do you know about them? What is something that would really touch them in a special way? And, and so sometimes we, we look at people when we think of those we're interacting with, we look at them as this faceless mass. Is like this nameless group. But in some point in time, you're going to have to, to picture them sitting with you in a coffee shop. So it's like, man, just tell me about one person. Tell me about a couple of people that come to your church, the, the common family that you see coming through, or who's your main donor? If you, if who's that person that you absolutely love working with because they really understand what you stand for. Oh man, that would be Paul. Okay. Well, Talk, talk to me about Paul. What is what, what would really resonate with Paul right now? And guess what? You can actually call Paul. Ask him. <laughs> what is he craving right now? What, would, what is something that would really mean something to him? You can speak to an actual individual and understand where they are. So you have some data. You're not just kind of like, oh, there's this ma- mass of people that I can't really see or perceive. Bring them down to face-to-face. So once you start asking questions like that, they can even see the person responding. So they see, oh, well, how cool would it be if we would just like knock on their door and have like a singing telegram? Because, you know, they do musical theater. So for them, it makes sense, right? How cool would it be? Well, it would be really cool. What is preventing you from doing it? And suddenly you see their eyes just like, well, I guess we can do it, right? So you create an opportunity for them to be the ones creating because they know their people better than I do. They live there. They know them. They interact with them. Uh, So for example, when it comes to churches, one of the main things that started to, to surface when COVID hit was the lack of community, right? And some people, unfortunately, they just cannot be in the building. It's just not possible. In our case, for example, there's no space for the kids. So we would literally have to try to keep three kids from moving (laughs) with masks on for a solid hour. It's not going to happen. So, you know, even though we're not at risk, like other people may be, it just wouldn't be good. So we've been watching online, but soon enough, you start feeling the, the need to meet with other people. And so very early on, I was saying, create mini bubbles. How about there's a family that you are confident or also, you know, being careful the way that you are careful. You guys can gather in one of the houses every Sunday to watch online. So now at least you have some sense of community. You can talk during the, the, um, uh, the message on Sundays and maybe the kids can play together and it's always the same two or three families, right? So putting out those ideas for, for churches, uh, sometimes they just don't think about it. Yeah. Shows you the power of questions. You have a way of unlocking what's already inside other people, but they needed the right person to come in and and ask a question. I still remember you asking me questions and how (laughs) it just blew my mind. The things I hadn't thought about. There's this movie, I can't remember the title of it. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to know what I'm talking about. There's a medic who is in a war. He refuses to carry a gun and he's in multiple situations where he should have got, you know, killed, blown up, didn't. And and there's this friend near him the whole time and starts realizing this. And he's like, I'm going to stick by you. Like your God is listening to you. I've always considered you one of my prayer warriors (laughs) who is not just going to send a token quick thing up to God, but you're, you're in this, you're going to talk with God about something. Why don't you tell me about what prayer means to you in the very difficult times of life where, where tension is at its highest? Because I mm-hmm. think that that, and, and that can be risk, that can be something else, it could be interrelational stuff, but 
we cannot do faith, uh, take risks apart from God. There, there needs to be this wanting of direction. Why don't yeah. you share a little bit about your prayer life? Well, I'm glad you asked that. But although I feel like this would take like a whole three more episodes of podcasts because, you know, it's such a passion for me. Uh, prayer is one of those things that I always wonder, like, how come Christians don't pray? Like it really, it's like one of those very curious things to me because I feel like we've been given this privilege of just talking to God. It feels awesome. So I was like, why don't you do it? Um, and I'm not criticizing, you know, anybody's uh, prayer life, but I feel like in some point in time, I didn't want my prayer life to be a prayer life. I wanted to, I wanted my life to be a life of prayer. And that for me made a huge difference once I realized it, because it's not about how often I pray or how long I pray as much as it is an attitude of simply saying, Hey, I got to bring him in on this, right? I got to bring God in on this. And sometimes my prayers are very short. They were very just like, Okay, Lord, up to you. And um, I'll share a very funny story very quickly. I've been able to stick to exercise for the last um, almost two years now, which is in itself a miracle after having like, you know, 10 years of sedentary life, raising kids and just sitting at a computer. So for the last two years, I was able to do it. And I know this is God's strength in me. Okay. And um, I've been having these thoughts of, okay, I really need to now get a hold on my eating just how I eat, what I eat. And I just told the Lord, I said, God, this was literally this morning while I was in the treadmill. (laughs) I said, God, I don't even know where to start. I mean, I know what I can, I can't eat, what I should and I shouldn't eat, but I don't know where to start. I just told him, I said, you got to send some help. I got home and I had this one email through LinkedIn through a Christian wellness coach introducing himself (laughs) to see if there's anything he can help me with. And I'm like, that was amazing. God, that was awesome. And so I'm going to engage with this person who still doesn't know that I exist, that I'm, that I, that I had this prayer this morning. Right. So I'm going to engage in this person and say, well, the Lord just answered my prayer with you because literally all I said to him was, I, I just don't know where to start. I have no clue where to begin. And I didn't tell him I need a coach. I didn't tell him anything. I just allowed the Lord to basically speak into that area of my life. Now, when it comes to business and taking risks, there's no greater thing than allow the Lord to speak and open the doors that he needs to open. And the reality is he's also going to close doors that need to be closed. So you don't have to worry about which way do you go? I feel like if we give him these areas of our lives, he's going to respond in a very faithful way because it's within his will, right? It is within his will for us to hear God, to ask him, to invite him. Um, and so for me, prayer is not, a, a, you know, sometimes I, 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 I like to pray corporately, corporatively with, you know, a bunch of people. I think there's, I don't know, the presence of God when you just pray together. Uh, but my prayers alone are very informal. I literally just walk with Jesus and I talk to him and he's sitting next to me in the car and I'm like, okay, God, I got no clue what I'm going to do. <laughs> so they're very, very conversational. Okay. Uh, and, and I think I love that part of my relationship with him that I can just tell him everything I'm thinking, every desire that I have, every, every pain that I'm, I'm feeling. And, um, you know, in my business, I know, and I can point back to many occasions where if it wasn't for that, I had no clue how things would have worked, you know? I so that. I remember saying, I remember saying, you know what? I really need a couple more clients this month, God. And I, you got to show me. 
and you know, God is not the kind that would simply just like, oh, poof, here's somebody on LinkedIn for you to hire, right? It's not always how it works. He will put you to work. There were times where I believe the Lord would say something like, okay, you know, it's time for you to sit down and make those phone calls. It's time for you to sit down and organize your accounting. It's time for you to sit down and accounting is a big one because I hate it. So, you know, he, he gives you those, those uh, little prompt things for you to put in the work that you need for the things that will come. I love that, Barbara. I, I know that we're running short on time here. I want to hit you with a few shorter questions and then <laughs> I want to give people an idea of how they can learn more about you. So fill in the blank, Barbara. Mm-hmm. Risk is essential. Risk mm-hmm. does pay off. Wow. I like that. <laughs> risk results in Ooh, greater faith. Wow. That's yeah. powerful. Barbara, mm-hmm. where can our listeners learn more about you? And not only where can they learn more about you, but what would you say, hey, if you're this person listening, you're the type of person who really does need to go check out <laughs> Yeah. So uh, again, we, um, I do a lot of mentorship. So for those that would like to learn or have somebody that walks with you, it's a done with you kind of process where you are doing all of the work, but I'm walking with you. Um, I am taking mentees, uh, but you can just get in touch with me through Barbara at wordrevolution.com, W-O-R-D, word revolution.com. And, um, we do work with, um, as an agency as well with organizations. My focus is on Christian ministries. So churches and Christian organizations. Um, but I, I have a little bit of a heart for those that really want to have a mentor that can, you know, someone that has been there before just to guide them and help them and, and then have them go their way. You cannot yeah. go wrong with finding a mentor in life. I have many And it is life-changing. If that's you listening right now and you're hearing this and you've never had someone say, hey, like there's there's help here and I'm passionate about it. Mm -hmm. Allow that into your life. Reach out to Barbara. And and is that the best place, Barbara? Is it Word Revolution or just straight email? That's it. Either the website or my email. Those are the best. Yeah. Barbara, thank you for sharing your stories, your story of faith your story of prayer, how you're giving back into the church and continuing to embrace growing and changing. I think you're going to encourage a ton of listeners today. Thank you for being a guest today on the Riskers podcast. Thank you, Caleb. Thank you for listening to the Riskers podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Speak It to Book and Sermon to Book, where we're on a mission to teach kingdom-minded men and women how to write, publish, and market best-selling books and build world-class platforms. To learn more, go to www.calebrakey.com.